Hello and welcome to the very first feature presentation episode of Film Feeder. Today we'll be talking about what has been on the minds of many film lovers over the last couple of weeks. It is the Oscar nominations. But I'm not going to be doing it alone because I've got two very, very special guests with me. First of all, all the way from the United States, we have Austin B. Media himself, Austin Belzer. Welcome, Austin. Hi again, Jack. Hi, hello. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, I recently did a guest uh, spot on Austin's own podcast uh, where we talked about The yeah. Holdovers, a film which I'm sure we'll be talking about again very shortly. And, oh, and over in India, we have Ayush Sharma. So thank you very much for joining us, Ayush. Hello, Jack and Austin. How are you guys? Oh, good. Just uh, busy as ever. And I did watch The Holdovers again. Oh great! Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's it's bear, bears worth repeating. Yeah, it's it's great film. So, um, so Oscars, um, let's it's let's. I think it's fair to say that everyone thinks it's a bit of a mixed bag this year. Wouldn't wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, it reminds me of uh, twenty eighteen. You know, when Stars Born and it, we had a really good year, but then there was just some weird out of the um out, out of the woods picks. Mm -hmm. uh, or 2019 I, 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 I... no um, Star Wars Born was uh, 2018 so I, I agree there were some very out there choices I mean uh, I mean that and obviously you had uh, stuff like Black Panther in the mix and obviously Bohemian Rhapsody and the eventual winner Green Book uh, which uh, most people are, are wishing didn't win Best Picture nowadays so um I don't know. I never understand. I, I kind of like Green Book, but, you know, I guess I'm in a minority when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, we don't, it's a bit of an odd mix this year, I'd say. So, I mean, let's just start out right the gate with uh, Best Picture. So um, we have 10 films up for the big prize this year. We've got in alphabetical order, we've got American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. So that's the ten. That's the ten that Art Academy has chosen this year. How are we feeling about this selection in general? Because it's um, it, it it's quite it's quite an eclectic bunch. Uh, there's some big ones, some small ones, some international ones. So um. How are we feeling about this particular lineup? Uh, Austin, why don't we start with you? Yeah, of course. Um, I think the first thing that jumps out of me, uh, out of me um, is Maestro. I, I've been joking around that um, uh, the Academy nominated uh, Bradley Cooper just to take it away again like they did in 2018. <laughs> um, but that's the one that really jumps out. Um, all of them have really kind of just been nominated out of their shows. Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, uh, Oppenheimer, I believe you said. Um, but I am, I, I, I will be interested to see how, uh, well Anatomy of a Fall does. Uh, I don't think it showed up very well, uh, everywhere else. I think it only got international. Um, it's been winning international a lot. Um, yeah, well, the interesting thing with Anatomy of a Fall is because, uh, it would have been France's selection for the International Feature Film Oscar, but uh, they ended up going for another film instead, The Taste of Things. And the irony is that film didn't get nominated. It was, uh, I think, apparently uh, Anatomy of a Fall was not, not chosen by France's uh, selection committee because 
director Justine Trier has been very vocal about um, French President Emmanuel Macron's um, certain policies. And I think uh, their decision not to put it forward for the international fit is kind of a, like a quote unquote punishment for it. But I guess the joke's on them because it's been recognized in all the other much major categories. So including picture, director and a few others as well. So Nassim River Falls certainly had a bit of a rough ride and it's um, in a way uh, thinking about it, it's kind of the Argo of this year, because as we remember from that year, you know, ba Argo was the big one that ended up winning, but Ben Affleck wasn't nominated for the one that everyone wanted, you know, um, the best director. So there's a very good chance that that, that, that hostility might uh, seep over into um, uh, in, into the best picture category if international features are um, innovated enough. But um, so so that's um, that's what Austin uh, thinks of the initial lineup. But Ayush, what do you think of these ten nominees for best picture? Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think 2023, first of all, 2023 was a very good year for movies. We saw a lot of great movies through several genres, whether it was comedy, just like The Holdovers, then absurd comedy like Poor Things, and then we have this these drama movies uh, from like Oppenheimer, Two Killers of the Flower Moon. So it was really amazing. And I was talking about, and you, were, you guys were talking about Anatomy of a Fall. So when it premiered in India, so uh, it was a part of the Geo Mami Mumbai Film Festival. So one of the producers was here uh, uh, to attend the screening and to to uh, to I mean to present the movie to the viewers and to the critics. So I had a chance to talk to her after the uh, presentation, and I asked her just two questions: Will you guys be going for the best picture? She said yes. At that time in October, she said yes that we will be going for. Uh, best picture but then I asked that will you guys be going for the best international fever at the time she said yes but I don't know what happened uh, in these months that they just changed their decision to to send uh, to just send the taste of things as their official choice but I think they had a better chance with anatomy of a fall they could have I mean I don't know if if that movie will win the best picture be, because you have a lot of other contenders who uh, which have been winning over over the past few months just like oppenheimer or the killers of the flower moon which are which are touted as the front runners in this category but if they would have uh, given it given uh, it a chance uh, in the international picture i think anatomy of a fall had a very good chance to be the winner in that category i don't think i i think the only competition that this that movie would have had uh, uh, is that I think the zone of interest. Uh, these both movies will be going uh, for the award if, if Anatomy of a Fall was nominated. But if I see this lineup, I think every movie, I know a lot of people will say that Maestro shouldn't be there, but I think that movie deserves to be there. It, it, it created that level of hype, whether it was just because of its direction or uh, of the of of the performances, I think it had that level of anticipation and hype to get nominated in this lineup. Yeah, no, I think I think we're all on the same page. And ask me before, yo, yeah, absolutely would have had a uh, the best chance of winning international feature had it actually been put forward. But I've, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that category later on. But um, uh, going with best picture, we've just spoken about the ten films that are in the lineup. Um, 
what which film which film from you guys do you think is uh the film that uh did not make it which one do you think uh was the big snub in that category uh austin why don't we start with you this time correct me if i'm wrong is past lives in best picture it is in it is in best picture yes okay um then i think the uh other big one that i really think um got robbed gosh I think there's a lot I could say um, about what got robbed, but I would have actually loved to see Spider-Man in uh, mm. Best Picture. Um, yeah. Across the Spider-Verse, I mean. Yeah, no, honestly, that would be my pick too. I think uh, it, it, in terms of animated films, I mean, it was it was just absolutely mind-blowing and just in terms of visuals and also its storytelling. It really is like a empire strikes back level of um sequel uh blockbuster filmmaking and i think that it's um it's a real shame that in two years running now that the academy has really kind of uh stuck uh put its finger up at uh, animated categories uh animated films outside their designated categories like last year we had guillermo del toro's pinocchio uh, but that was the only nomination it got. You know, it didn't even get like score or visual effects or anything. And the same with uh, Spider Man as well. And to an extent, others like Boy in the Heron, uh, Elemental. There is, it's just, it, it's kind of upsetting, honestly, to see animation be so disregarded in this way. But like you, like you said, Ayush, uh, there's been so many great films uh, over this last year that it's it's been it's impossible to select just one that really missed that crucial spot. But I'm kind of on the same boat with Austin. Yeah, Spider-Man really, I think, would have been such a um, such a game changer had it been put out there, and I think it really deserved it. It's such a great film. But uh, Ayush, do you have a particular? Um, film that you feel should have would have missed out on this i think i have to one is the spider-man i think that movie deserved a lot more nominations just not best picture just like you said that you know uh the score and every every other thing that uh you know it did well it everything was i mean perfect in that movie you cannot say that oh, okay i i didn't like that or this uh thing that you know just uh pulled that movie from becoming something extraordinary everything was great and i think it should have been nominated for the best uh, best picture and the second movie i think that i don't know why it failed to make a mark i think it was eva duvernay's origin it was such a powerful story brilliantly acted brilliantly edited and brilliantly shown on the screen everything was just i mean great but i don't know why uh uh they just uh, didn't look, I don't know uh, if, if they got late or if they didn't even see it. And that's why Eva Duvernay just keep on saying that she doesn't go to big banners now because they just don't believe in her stories. And, sh and she has to go somewhere else. I think the Academy is, is doing the same thing with her. And Origin should have been uh, in this, not in, uh, not, in just, not just in this category, I think uh, in the Best Actress also the the lead actor should have been nominated for this yeah with with origin it, it was kind of, it's been kind of weird because you know it debuted to fairly strong reviews uh i, I believe it was with uh, toronto was it did, it did it debut or was it telluride one of the major ones anyway and then it just kind of faded from existence or virtually you know like and then a little bit before the nominations there was a bit um kind of 
bit of like public support for it. So there was a very good chance that it could have like been this year's to Leslie and actually get us like a surprise nomination at the last minute. But it wasn't meant to be in this in this case. I've now I, I haven't seen Origin. I haven't seen Origin as of recording this episode, but I've I've heard a lot of people say you know it's 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 definitely one that isn't worthy of consideration, especially with Ava DuVernay, who of course uh, a few years ago uh, was in this kind of situation before with Selma, uh, which did get nominated for Best Picture, but it was only like one of two nominations, and uh, a lot of people felt that year it deserved a hell of a lot more. So, yeah, it's interesting with Origin that it's kind of met that same fate because I, I don't know whether it's subject matter or whether it just wasn't promoted enough by Neon, I believe, in the in the States. Uh, Black Bear is distributing it here in the UK, and I, I don't know who did it in India, but um, either way, a lack I think a lack of awareness kind of um, killed that movie, and I don't know why, because it does look very good. It looks very right up the Academy uh, Street. Actually, actually, it hasn't released in India, and I, I, I don't think that they will let this movie release in India because of some things shown in, in that movie. I don't think that this movie is coming to India. If it, if it comes, it, it, it's gonna come with a lot of cuts. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I wasn't, wasn't aware of that. Um, that, that, that's, that's kind of a shame, honestly. So, well, but at least, at least you, it sounds like you at least got to see it, which was uh, pr pretty good. So, um. Um, so uh, yeah, I think we're all, so we've got uh, Spider Man and Origin as the uh, big misses in this category. Um, looking going back to the ones that are nominated, um, which one do we think is going to take it? Because I think it's a pretty obvious choice, but I'd uh, happily accept any curveballs, or are we all on the same page for this one? It, I think it depends on what um, story the Academy wants to tell. Do they want to go the Barbenheimer route and give it to Oppenheimer um, mm -hmm. because of cultural relevance? Or do they want to give it to Killers of the Flower Moon for, you know, just having um, representation and being kind of this new kind of story? Okay. Um, yeah, I think... Um... At the, I mean, just just based purely on, like you said, story. I think um, the one that stands out is uh, the success of Oppenheimer because you know I think beyond the fact that it's you know a biopic and it's a very important subject matter, you know the fact that it's Christopher Nolan and it's uh, got this got this incredible kind of uh, backing with it, the cast and everything. That its box office success, you know, opposite Barbie, the Barbenheimer stuff, has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think that, um, yeah, the 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 success of Oppenheimer to this day astounds me because when you think about it, it's a three-hour movie of people just talking in rooms, and the fact that it's grossed like almost a billion dollars as of as of today is astounding. And the fact that it's one of the most acclaimed films of the year. Everyone seems to love it. There doesn't seem to be anyone who outright hates this film. So I think, for me, I think it's Oppenheimer's to lose at this rate because, you know, the, like you said, the narrative is there. I think uh, the only possible spoiler, I guess, would be Barbie. And I, and I, and I say that because, um, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, there is this kind of, like, Argo mentality around it, especially now that Greta Gerwig has missed uh, Best Director. There's a chance that 
they could actually end up awarding it to Barbie, you know, as a way of saying, oh, no, no, sorry, uh, this it's all good. Here's, here's the big war prize as like a consolidation. It's like, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that happening. I think Barbie was great. Um, would I personally put it as best picture? Honestly, no. Only because uh, Oppenheimer was so great, just on, on a cinematic level, just absolutely masterful. I think it would be a uh, very well-deserved um, Best Picture winner, eat regardless. But uh, so that would be my pick. Uh, Oppenheimer is uh, the one to beat, I, I'd say. Um, uh, would you guys, um, what would you guys, would you guys Oppenheimer or not Noppenheimer? For me, it's Oppenheimer. For me, it's Oppenheimer. Uh, I mean, I think uh, it was the best. For me, it was the best movie of uh, 2023. And and I mean, just like you said, you know, the kind of uh, of craze that everyone had for the movie, and then to uh, I mean, to transform that change, uh, transform that craze into actually something really great that was the best thing about Oppenheimer and I, I think that that worked for it and just because people are in love with Christopher Nolan as well because it they, uh, he has been doing so well in the in the past uh, so many years I think it is uh, Oppenheimer's award to lose at this point of time you don't know we don't know how other movies now you know the other directors are talking to the academy voters everything now the now the voting has, you know, uh, ended, but you don't know what what what's in their mind. But I believe that it's it's Oppenheimer's. It's it's Oppenheimer's. I think. Yeah, and um, I, I know you I know you said earlier Austin, but would would you be in the same boat as well? Yeah, because I I still remember the feeling I got after walking out of Open Oppenheimer, um, was just this silence everyone who walked out of Oppenheimer was just silent for mm. like 30 minutes um and I don't think I've had that experience in, in any in any other movie um but yeah I think it's Oppenheimer still is like I said um now if I was gonna say personally I would give it to Fast Lives but mm -hmm. but uh, but I'm not the Academy so <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think we're all in agreement. So at the moment, we're predicting Oppenheimer. All right. So now let's move on to Best Director, which is um, has has been uh, quite a bit of a source of contention for a lot of people. Uh, uh, just to start off, the nominees in this particular category are Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Then we've got Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. And Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. So at first glance, I think these are five uh, fine. Uh, um, these are five fine selections. Uh, all of them are very uh, well established in their field. Some of them are uh, new. Our newcomers are Justine Trier and Jonathan Glazer. Um, what do we think of the what do we think of these five names for director? And um, uh, do we feel that it's uh, a decent lineup for a re decent representation of this year's nominees? Yeah, I I think um, it's a decent representation. Like I said earlier, it's twenty twenty three was a killer year for movies, and uh, I will say though, I do think this category and some of the other categories are a bit of a you know when you're uh, 
filling out a ballot, I, I feel like some of these categories get automatic. Like, oh, well, I nominated it this person in best uh, picture. So, of course, I'm going to nominate these five for uh, best director. So that's how it feels to me. Um, but yeah, this is a good list. This is a good selection. I like this list. Especially um, Jonathan Glazer, even though I haven't seen um, Zone of Interest yet. It's not out in my territory. Mm -hmm. And Ayush, uh, what are your thoughts on the director's lineup? Yeah, I think it's a pretty great lineup. I mean, you you cannot get uh, such big names, such such wonderful directors in 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 uh, in one lineup. I think twenty twenty uh, this year uh, had a lot of great movies coming coming out. But I think these five directors actually. Uh, did the best. I know a lot of people will will add uh, one more name to this that you know you could have uh, changed this. You should have changed this. But I think this is a pretty stacked up uh, line. Uh, uh, this group like Nolan, Lanthimos. I think Lanthimos was uh, one of uh, the directors that shocked me and uh, stunned me with Poor Things because I have seen uh, his uh, earlier movies, but Poor Things really stayed with me with the with the kind of storyline that it had and the kind of things or, or or the themes that it talked about and but the one name that i was really happy to see was justin triet i think anatomy of a fall triet deserved uh this uh, nomination and uh i mean i i'm going to uh I, i'm going to give austin a shout out uh shout out i think celine song should have been nominated <laughs> not not the not the other person. I think Celine Song should have been there if they would if they wanted to add another female in this lineup. Yeah, I think uh, Justine Trier's inclusion is. I mean, in, in a year that has seen quite a lot of really great films uh, directed by women and uh, made by women, just in general. I think to not have one on this list would have been such a pretty bad look, honestly. Uh, so I'm glad that at least uh, there's at least Justine Trier in this category. And uh, going uh, on that subject, you know, um, Elephant in the Room, uh, Greta Gerwig is not on this list, despite having been predicted by a lot of people to actually appear on here. And I guess uh, same goes for Celine's song as well. So uh, I, I think it, it's crazy that the only time in Academy history that there have been more than two um, female directing nominees was only a few years ago when it was uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland and Eman em Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. And obviously since then, we've there have been female nominees, but it's usually just been one. So And this year is unfortunately no exception. So I was going to ask in terms of who's snubbed in this category, but I think we're all in agreement, you know, Greta Gerwig's not on there and Celine's song as well. Uh, obviously, Austin, your uh, very um, strong reaction to Celine's song snub is quite uh, astounding. So uh, do you want to talk a bit more about why you think Celine's song should have been on here? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny. People were recommending me past lives, past lives, go see it, go see it. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Um, it, it's not going to be a movie I'm going to like, you know. Um, but then I watched it and, you know, compare. I don't like comparing things, but I'll, since we're already talking about Barbie, um, I think if I had to pick, you know, what I put Greta Gerwig in here versus Celine Song, I think Celine Song did an excellent job directing Past Lives because even though I'm not, 
in the situation the characters are in, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, I felt like I could relate to these people, that I could relate something back on my own life and bring it to the movie. Um, and I know there's, you know, stuff about Barbie where people think it's uh, automatically directed, but I, I just think Past Lives is so well directed, acted, screen, uh, written, just give it all the awards. Um, it, it is generally my my mind. Yeah, yeah, I think Past Lives is is an incredible film. Uh, to, fa to think that it's also her debut film as well, which is honestly astounding. Like, uh, it, it's the work of someone who's been in the game for such a long time and can only now tell the story with such nuance and subtle passion. And I, I really love Past Lives as well. I mean, it is sad that it's not as well represented this year. It's only got two nominations, picture and original screenplay. But I think um, you you absolutely nailed it on the head. Celine's song really has uh, made something that is that really resonates with a lot of people, and it's certain. Uh, and it's uh, sorry, I start again. It's it's a film that no matter where you are in the world, and no matter what um, what your roots are, where your ethnic origins lie, it's a film that is really feels universal. And I think it's it's such a beautifully um, captured tale of you know what could have been, what it what is, what what could be. You know, it, it's all it fixes factors in the past, present, and future so brilliantly and. Uh, in a very bittersweet manner as well again without giving away the ending it's a very it's a film that will definitely have you quite on the verge of tears quite a lot i, I saw this at i saw this for the first time at sundance london the uh london equivalent of uh sundance which they run for like a weekend or so and i remember it was a packed house and uh, there wasn't like a dry eye in the house like the part that's uh sticking out to me uh uh, is actually a monologue that uh, John Magaro has in the film, where he's you know he's talking with uh, Greta Lee and uh, he's talking about like um, all the stuff that um, he can't necessarily uh, provide her. And it's I mean, yeah, I know the, the 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 main focus is on obviously the relationship between Greta Lee and Teo Yu, but there was something about John Magaro in this film, and I think he hasn't been appreciated that much in the awards um, conversation. Um, there's something about that particular monologue and the way he delivered it that really kind of uh, got to me. It got me a bit choked up. So, Past Lives was all around just a fantastic film, and yeah, I'm I agree with you. I think it's a shame that Celine's song hasn't been recognised that much outside of the screenplay category. And the same goes for uh, Greta Gerwig. I mean, she is still nominated. Like I said, adapted screenplay, but um, yeah, there's a kind of a uh, bit of a uh, the main controversy this year is that there isn't more um, female representation in a year that, again, has had such uh, great uh, female filmmakers come forward and make some of the year's best films, past lives included. So, I mean, um, so that was um, uh, what Austin thought uh, was uh, the big miss. Um, would you do you have a particular miss, Ayush? I mean, like I mentioned before, I think uh, uh, Celine's song is the only name that I wanted to see in this lineup. And uh, I think uh, just like you guys were talking about uh, past lives, I think one thing that really stood out for me in that in uh, in that movie is that that directors don't make uh, these kinds of uh, romantic movies anymore. 
they don't i mean it just gave me that vibe that we used to see in the 80s or the or the earlier 90s where you know the the rock, the 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 command the the romantic uh, genre was was pretty heavy and you know directors were taking risks or directors were 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 telling stories that were basically not rom-com just romantic movies where you have these two people or or four people you know just uh, telling uh, i mean uh, living their lives and they are in love something happens and this these i think that's the best thing about past lives it took me back uh, to the time where 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 lives were were pretty simple but we we used to get such brilliant stories and that's why i, I believe you know just two nominations for past lives it's a travesty that you know celine song has been i i would call this actually a snub that just two nominations uh for celine song and and uh, past lives yeah no i think uh a, a film like a film with that nuance of that critical acclaim uh yeah i think it definitely deserved to be on there a lot more but um but yeah i think so i think most of us agree that you know it's it's really celine song and also greta gerwig who are the big uh, misses in this category which is a shame but of the five that are actually nominated um again we got uh lot real legends in this category you've got martin scorsese's in there christopher nolan past nominees past nomination as well for yorgos lanthimos uh then first time as jonathan glazer and justine trier out of that five i mean uh do you do we need to i don't i mean do we even need to say who we think is going to win this because again i think the odds are very much in this person's favor um are we are we going on christopher nolan on this one yeah, um, pretty much. That's what I'm. I'm going with is Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Um, I do think three A's win at the CCAs. Um, the Critics Choice Awards might be an upset. Uh, if we're um talking about that, um, because I do think Anatomy of a Fall and Oppenheimer will sweep most of these awards. Ooh, very, very, uh, very bold prediction there from Austin and. Ayush, are you going in for Nolan as well? Yeah, I'm going in for Nolan. I have been, I mean, since since the starting of this award season, I think I've been predicting or I've been I've been talking to people, and it's like we have been seeing over the past few months. You know, Nolan has been the favorite. Either it was the critics groups, either it was the big uh, award shows like Golden Globes and everything. So I think uh, just like what we predicted in the best picture category, that it is. Oppenheimer's award to lose. I think in this category as well, uh, it is Nolan's award to lose. And the only person I what I think that can give him a a, a very tough uh, competition, I think it's Scorsese because the way he has told the story about Killers of the Flower Moon, so Scorsese might be a dark horse in in this lineup. It's it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty astounding to say that Scorsese is a dark house such a legendary name and we are still talking that he's a dark horse in this <laughs> entire lineup so i think so that just shows that how good uh, 2023 was for for the movies yeah no i i think i think that's a very um very good observation yeah scorsese has been in the business for so many years only won one oscars for his name and uh 
and in a, in another universe, I think Killers of the Flower Moon would be uh, within uh, absolute guarantee of a win. But I think, um, again, since it has been such a good year, and I think the conversation has been so dominant, so dominated by Oppenheimer. Also, the fact that you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, as great as that movie is, it has been uh, quite divisive among. A bus, a, among a bunch of uh, voters and viewers, you know, obviously the three and a half hour runtime and also very heavy subject matter. It's a very, you know, I think one thing also to take into consideration, I am as as far as I know, um, at all all Martin Scorsese movies after The Departed have not won an Oscar. Like um, the the Irishman, which I think had a similar amount of nominations as To Kill of the Mount because of the Flower Moon, didn't win any. Same with Silence. Same with The Wolf of Wall Street. And I, I don't know. Maybe there's some. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a Scorsese movie in between The Departed and Killers of the Flower Moon that has won something, but I don't think there has been. So uh, I don't feel this is uh, Scorsese's year, unfortunately, as much as we all like to, but. I think it's it's Christopher Nolan's time. He's been a favorite of many uh, cinephiles for so many years, obviously with the Dark Knight trilogy and films like Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and also to a slightly lesser extent, Tenet. Um, I don't know why I said that. I, I actually like Tenet. I actually like Tenet. So, um, um, but I know it's not a bit divisive. Of my, either way, he's been uh, so loved over the years, and I think this is his to lose. Yeah, it, this is probably the safest bet of the entire um, of, of the entire show, I'd say. So, yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement. Christopher Nolan is our prediction for directing Oppenheimer. So um, moving on, let's move on to the acting categories. Uh, I think we're, what we're going to do here is we're going to just uh, lump them together in terms of like actor in a leading role and actor in a supporting role, so on and so forth. So um, actor in a leading role, um, we've got uh, th five nominations here are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Common Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Meanwhile, uh, actor in a supporting role, we have Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. So, quite again, very, very eclectic uh, bunch of actors in these particular categories. Uh, let's talk about leading first. Um, what do we make of these uh, fine leading men? I I think it's it's an interesting thing because you know you've got Killian Murphy and um, Paul Giamatti in in the um, leading, and both of those have both um, actors have really won a lot of leading actor awards at the other precursors. Um, so it makes it hard of a, a really hard. Um, category to predict because it's kind of a split between those two right yeah it's, it's no it, it, it really has become like a two-horse race between killian murphy and paul giamatti which is quite uh quite something because at the very start it, it, we all assumed that it was going to be bradley cooper's time and now he's there but i think it's more going to be more like a uh, yeah i'm just happy to be here this time so yeah it's interesting because bradley cooper in maestro has been one of the uh, most uh, controversial 
um uh potential nominees this year but you know yeah for some reason he's become like a, a film twitter's pariah which I, I never really understood because at the end of the day he just he just gave a performance it was really good and now everyone hates him because he's made it known that he just he just wants to go on and uh um uh, try and get an oscar which is you know it's nothing if not ambitious so are we i don't know why we're hating on ambition now but uh, and i know people have some opinions on the film maestro as a whole uh, i personally really like it i don't love it as much as a star is born but i think it's a solid uh sophomore effort from uh director bradley cooper uh, and I think I do think he is very good in the film as well. Uh, I get what some people are saying about it. It's very uh, capital A acting. I can't that, but like for for someone like Leonard Bernstein, I feel you kind of have to go that kind of theatrical with it. But uh, but that's just me. Uh, but uh, I mean, do you feel that Bradley Cooper is still a dark horse, or is he pretty much just just happy to be there at this point? I think he's happy to be there, like uh, Ryan Gosling when he realized I'm just Ken one at the Critics' Choice Awards. <laughs> yeah, that meme or that gif, yeah. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, just, just looking everywhere, it's like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> I'm actually going to have to perform this now. Um, yeah, and, and what about you, Ayash? How, how are you feeling about uh, Bradley Cooper in this uh, increasingly tight race between Murphy and Jim Atty? I think just like Austin said that he's happy to be uh, in this lineup. And I think for me, he deserved to be in this lineup. I won't say that he deserves to win this time, but he deserves to be in this lineup because of uh, because the kind of performance that he has given. I, I mean, you, you could see how deeply or how this guy embodied uh, this Leonard Bernstein's character into, into him. And you could see in 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 every frame that he is trying to give his hundred and ten percent. That cathedral scene, that alone, that one scene just made you feel the kind of acting that he does. And he's pretty brilliant. And and I know that he is not going to win this time, but I think his his time is also coming. Just like we are saying that for a lot of nominee uh, nominees that that it is his time or it is her time. I think Bradley Cooper's time is also coming. And in the yeah, uh, in the coming in the coming years, uh, we are going to see him uh winning an award pretty soon. But for me, this category is all about Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti, and uh, and I mean such contrasting performances. Murphy is uh, Murphy's performance is just pure seriousness. Then we come to Paul Giamatti, goofiness, everything, the kind of insults that he gives uh in the entire movie. I think uh, in a perfect world. You could have given Paul Giamatti award for that one one uh, perfect thing that he said in the end of the movie. You are penis cancer, and yes. I think I would have given him every award for that life. He he, he said that with so much, uh, I mean, to perfection. So I think Giamatti and Murphy are the two front runners, and uh, let's see. But I think either I, uh, I I would be happy if either of them won. Yeah, I I I think uh, either one would be a very worthy winner. Obviously, Killian Murphy has been really rising in the ranks over the last years. Obviously, people know him, knew him for things like Twenty Eight Days Later, and then uh, working away up, we're working with Nolan in films like Batman Begins and Inception and uh, Dunkirk as well. And obviously, leading role status here. I mean, he, and he really nails it. He 
he is just absolutely mind-blowing in the movie he really brings you into oppenheimer's uh worldview and it's such a such a fascinating presence like i feel like watching him in that movie honestly really makes me want to go on and do a phd now because killian murphy makes it look so cool and just so so chilled and everything it's just it i feel i feel smarter one watching him and then you have Paul Giamatti, who is equally fantastic. He is uh, he clearly loved among the actors branch. Um, it's honestly crazy that he's only had one other nomination, which was for Cinderella Man, uh, which a lot of people feel was the makeup award for not being nominated for Sideways, also from Alexander Payne. And um, honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a bit of a t- tricky, tricky situation as well. Like, which one do I feel the Academy will go with? I mean, Killian Murphy is the quote-unquote traditional Oscar performance, uh, but then you have Giamatti, who is just so warm and so lovable in that movie. Like I said, he has insults for days. And I I don't know. I I think it's very tricky, honestly, because it could either be Murphy or Giamatti, or I could easily see like Cooper just easily somehow sneaking in in between all the three, um, in in between the two, um, sorry, let's say that again. I can easily see Bradley Cooper sneaking his way through uh, the two horse race and making it an unexpected win, kind of like uh, last year. You know, uh, a lot of people assumed that it was going to be Austin Butler's to lose, and then at the last minute, Brendan Fraser kind of came in and took it. So there could it could be that. I mean, again, it wouldn't. It's not like it's a bad performance by any means. Uh, but I think it, I think it would be. Uh, Nice if either Murphy or Giamatti took it. And uh, commiserations as well to Coleman Domingo and Jeffrey Wright. They're not going to win it, but you know what? It's great to see them so represented, especially Coleman Domingo, uh, who is one of the few actors, I believe, to be openly gay and be nominated for a, a, a character that is also openly gay, which is honestly fantastic. You know, I think that there's... Um, there's there's real uh, precedent for that and also the fact that common domingo has been such a charismatic presence for so many years and you know seeing him stuff like if bill street could talk and obviously the color purple as well i think that uh it's nice to see him up there and and same for jeffrey wright as well who for years has been like giamatti such as very admired character actor and for him now to receive be receiving his first award for something which i think is one of his very best performances in american fiction it's so well deserved because jeffrey wright brings nuance and class to just about everything he does i mean even in something like something like the batman where he's playing commissioner gordon is you can really feel his um you know actual frustration with uh, everything going on it brings real life to a comic book character so and this, I guess you could say the same about his uh, voiceover stuff in What If, you know, as the Watcher. Yeah. I, anyway, I just think uh, it's great to see Jeffrey Wright and Coleman Domingo on there. But yeah, I think the race is uh, between uh, Murphy and Giamatti at this point, with a very, very dark horse being Bradley Cooper. Um, in terms of misses, um, I don't know. I mean, wh- I mean, I would say the lineup's pretty solid. I mean, for me. I think maybe the big one, big miss is probably Andrew Scott in All of Us Strangers. Um, Because, um, I mean, beyond the fact that it's uh, yet another movie that I think has been um, quite cruelly overlooked by a lot of awards bodies this season, 
I think Andrew Scott in particular gives such uh, an emotionally charged performance in this film. It's very subtle what he does here, and it's um, it's the kind of film where you just want to just like reach into the screen and give this guy the biggest hug possible. Like you just want to. Um, you know, just seeing him kind of relay all this childhood trauma and uh, encountering the literal ghosts of his past, it, it it's it's heartbreaking stuff. And I think Andrew Scott handles that so well. And I think it absolutely would have been worthy of a, of a nomination at the very least. But uh, uh, what do you guys think, uh, Austin? What which actor do you think has uh, missed out in this particular category? You know, I I think you're right about Andrew Scott. I even though I haven't seen all of his strangers, I think that was a a big uh favorite for a lot of people to get in here. Um, other than that, I this is a solid lineup. Uh, mm. maybe maybe Andrew Scott uh, takes uh Bradley Cooper's place. Um, that's the only change I would make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because Jeffrey Wright's in there, so yeah, I I don't really see maybe um. Somebody from past lives, but that's just because I love past lives so much. So I'm mm-hmm. always going to root for it. Of course. Uh, and how about you, Ayush? Uh, w- would you put any particular actor? Um, would you swap any particular act- actor out? No, I think I'm pretty happy with this lineup. I, I don't think because the, the name that I was going to take would have been somewhat controversial. I would have said that put Leonardo DiCaprio uh, instead of. Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper because I, I know that people had some kind of 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 uh, they were I mean they were put in they were they were put off by this uh, performance of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio because of this uh, uh, his uh, uh, dialect or his uh, dialogue deliveries the kind the the way he was speaking but I think it was a solid performance from Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, and but I think uh, the Academy thought that you know. Uh, uh, DiCaprio had uh, had his award. Now let's now let's give now let's give others a chance to win this. Yeah, I think like if there's one actor in Hollywood who doesn't need another Oscar right now, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And and honestly, I think Leo was great in Killers of the Flower Moon. He definitely wasn't uh, the best performance in it. Um, I will talk about who was the best performance in it in a bit, but um. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, you know, because um, on the awards uh, circuit, you know, I noticed that a lot of his uh, campaigning had to do with uh, putting forward Lily Gladstone, and obviously that paid off, and we'll talk about her in a bit. But it's uh, it seems like he's he's he was in that mindset of actually I don't want to put my performance on display here. I mean, I I, I think I did fine work, but I I want this to be someone else's moment. Yeah, you know, I don't want it to be like, and I think that's pretty cool. Honestly, and it, and again, it seems to have really paid off at the expense of his own uh, nomination status. So, yeah, I'd say good on him for sitting this one out, especially when, like you said, it's such a crowded, crowded field of leading actors. And um, yeah, no, I think that was a that was honestly a good move. So uh, we'll get back to predictions for le- final predictions for lead actor in a bit, but let's talk about supporting actor. Uh, just to recap, uh, nominees are Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Again, very solid lineup for supporting actor. I think that the most most of the favorites got in. Uh, some obviously didn't. We'll talk about those in a sec. 
But um, how are we feeling about supporting actor for this one? Uh, Austin, how about you? Very good list. Dominic Sessa not on this list is a big snub for me. Mm. Um, like, I um, go back and watch my live stream with uh, Matthew Anzalone um, when we reacted live to the nominations, but that was one where I was scratching my head and internally screaming. Um <laughs> Because it just doesn't make sense. He's been winning awards left and right for the performance. And besides, um, I think, De Niro, is De Niro in this category? De Niro is in this category, yeah. It, his, that nomination doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, given what he's... I don't want to say he's in the movie five minutes because I'm sure he's in it more. But it seems more like a guest actor spot. Um, than anything and it's mm. just like yeah and yes i know that's the role of supporting but i just why nominate him uh but um but ryan gosling um would be perfect but uh we'll talk about that later when we go <laughs> to predictions for who will win but dominic yeah. sessa is a huge mess for me yeah dominic sessa is i mean he gives a fantastic performance especially given the fact that again this is his very first acting role like um like no no previous experience he was literally just hired i believe uh, just from like um doing drama at school and he comes in with this uh, a really really powerful performance he really holds his own against paul giamatti and Devon joy randolph uh, again from such a newcomer as well but Part of me isn't too shocked that he's not nominated here again because he is such a fresh face. Uh, and yeah, yeah, uh, there have been nominations in the past for people who for their very first acting role. And I, I think I think Julie Andrews was uh, a complete novice when uh, she was nominated and won for Mary Poppins. So it, it, it is is. I'm not too surprised about Dominic Sessa. I am a little shocked that uh, Charles Melton is not on this list because I, I I'm not. I, I I'll be honest. I'm not huge on May December. I, I I do think it's a good movie. I don't think it's as great as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah, it's just kind of eh. But I think Charles Melton, out of that ensemble, Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, he definitely was the standout. I think he gave a very um. Uh, very complex performance, I'd say, and I think that it's um, it's a shame that he's not up for it, and especially since he was kind of dominating the field uh, quite early on. Uh, but um, yeah, and, and, and again, I'm surprised that De Niro did make it in because you know I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things about you know all the actors in Killers of the Flower. I mean, like was, we were saying with Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, um, and same with Robert De Niro as well. It's the kind, it's the kind of performance that you're not entirely used to seeing that uh, someone like Robert De Niro playing, though you certainly played a bunch of bad guys before. But like on this level of just kind of like charming, but really kind of um, a, a ugly person underneath it. It's a very, it's a nuanced performance. A very uh, unlike anything he's done with Scorsese, certainly. But also, you know, I think that there's a um, a lot of a lot of actors, including Charles Melton, that definitely would have benefited from being in that spot. I think it's more like a, um, a sign of respect. You know, Robert Nero is one of our best leading actors, so might as well nominate him for another Scorsese movie. That that's just how it comes across to me. 
Um, what about you, Ayash? Ayash, how do you feel about uh, these lineup of supporting actors? I think it is uh, it is a pretty great lineup, and I was actually happy to see Sterling K. Brown in this lineup. I think when I saw American Fiction, Jeffrey Wright was great, but uh, Sterling K. Brown was equally good in his role, and he actually did a, a pretty great uh, 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 he did a, a pretty great job in in uh, you know. Uh, uh, presenting his character out in the in that movie and the kind of uh, of antiques that his character does in these entire movies are pretty great. And but uh, just like you said, Jack, I think Charles Mel uh, Melton was uh, the name that I actually wanted to see in this lineup. Um, yes, uh, Robert De Niro was good in this movie, but I think it was time for Charles Melton to be in this uh, category. You even if he uh, does not win it, but it, but uh, he was he deserved to be nominated in this category. The and I mean, when you have Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore in a movie, and people and critics are still talking about your performance as the best one, so I think you have done something really staggering to stand out to be the standout performer in a movie, and he should have been here. And just like you said, that initially he was winning all the awards. Like every best supporting actor award, whether it was uh, from any critics group or anything, it was Charles Melton, and it was like people were saying that he's going to sweep these uh, awards, uh, this award season. But after that, I think he just lost all the momentum with uh, this uh, Robert Downey Jr. and every other uh, nomination. But I think Charles Melton is one name that I I would have loved to see here. Yeah, no, I definitely, I'm definitely with you on there. But in 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 a very, very, very selfish uh, kind of point of view, I'm kind of glad that he's not there. Only because I love, I love the fact so much that the two front runners for this category are two very popular actors in very well acclaimed performances. One of which being uh, a very serious um, uh, drama time playing a, a real life character in mostly in black and white. And the other one just being the most technicolor, you know, um, very campy, but also very surprisingly nuanced uh, com comedic performance, this side of Kevin Klein and A Fish Called Wonder. I am, of course, talking about Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer and Ryan Gosling in Barbie. I really do feel that this race is between these two. The momentum right now is with Robert Downey Jr. And honestly, it, it would be a deserved win because... He, his performance in this movie is honestly staggering. Like, I love how he introduces this character, kind of this very soft-spoken, kind of um, a, bit, a, bit, a bit abrasive, but, not, but still kind of gentle figure. And then later on, you figure out, oh, wow, he's got this real vindictive side, and it's really kind of just absolutely defined his also, hatred for Oppenheimer going forward. And so, such a brilliant turn portrayed by an actor who has obviously gone through such ups and downs throughout his career. Obviously, um, there was all the bad stuff he went through in like the 90s, early 2000s. And then, of course, Iron Man comes out and he becomes like one of the most popular actors on the planet. And that same year, he also got his uh, nomination for Tropic Thunder as well, which was um, a great, great turn. Uh, it's kind of turn you couldn't exactly pull off today, but still... <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's so funny that, you know, 
the last time Robert Downey Jr. was nominated, he got nominated for a comedy performance and he lost to a Christopher to a Christopher Nolan performance. Now it's absolutely switched because Robert Downey Jr. might well win for a Christopher Nolan film with his big competition being a comedy performance with Ryan Gosling, who since Barbie debuted has been, he has been kind of this um, unexpected cultural icon of... Um, uh, uh, some would say that he's he's the bigger attraction than even Barbie is because obviously uh, Ken has the biggest arc in that film. You know, he kind of goes through very. Um, it's a very silly performance, and I mean that in the best way because it's it's a very immature, that uh, kind of like um, uh, kind of clingy boyfriend kind of thing. And then he discovers he goes to the real world with Barbie. He discovers uh, patriarchy, and he's just. Or in awe at it, like he's a little boy who's just discovered what um, what race cars are for the first time, you know. And he and he kind of brings it back to Barbie Land, and it's just a um, it, it's just a child's idea of what patriarchy is, you know, all about horses, you know, uh, big jackets and everything. And Ryan Gosling, what what I love about Ryan Gosling in Barbie uh, is that he treats it so seriously. This could be a performance that you could just uh, just camp up to the extreme and just absolutely just not give an F about it. So I really appreciate that he brings this such nuance to the character, but also while still being very funny, like he genuinely has some of the biggest laughs in the movie. And it's um, honestly, I think if I was to guess right now, I think this is Robert Downey Jr.'s to lose, but I think uh, Ryan Gosling could very well surprise with this. I, I might even predict like a Jamie Lee Curtis. He, he could genuinely take it from from uh, Robert Downey Jr. if the Academy be, deems it so fit. And honestly, I think it would be. I think it, either one of them would be worthy winners. But what do you guys? Uh, are you guys Downey or te- Team Downey or Team Gosling? Uh, Austin. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be Team Gosling because I love Barbie, but. Uh, putting my heart aside on a shelf for a moment. Uh, I think Robert, this is um, Robert. I agree with you, Robert Downey Jr. uh, for Oppenheimer. And, you know, talking about Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer, I realized one snub uh, that I really would have loved to see. Um, I would have loved to have seen Alden Ehrenreich uh, here too. Mm. But you've only got like five five slots, so... Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich has a, he had a pretty good year, honestly, between Oppenheimer and Fair Play. You know, he was he he's he's had a good one. I think I think he's he's definitely gonna be a, he's definitely gonna be up for something in the future because I think he's a very natural talent. And yeah, he Robert Downey Jr.'s dynamic with Alden Ehrenreich in that film is is quite quite delightful and especially and it's so satisfying, especially with like the final line that he gives. It's um yeah no I think uh, yeah Alden Ehrenreich is definitely a, an understated um underrated certainly player in Oppenheimer but yeah I think in, in terms of practicality I think this is Downey's to lose and it would be a worthwhile way to honor someone who's who was and to an extent still is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet giving a performance that is very unlike him it's it's closer to something like his nominated turn in Chaplin more than anything. And I think, um, yeah, seeing 
Robert Downey Jr. on the Oscar stage giving one of his very Robert Downey Jr. speeches, I think would be quite a moment in Oscar history. So I'm going to go with Downey Jr. on this, but I would very much I would very much be surprised by a Gosling win, but and would welcome it too. Uh, Ayush, how about you? I am Team Downey all the way. Team Downey. I mean, I mean, uh, I think the best part of uh, Oppenheimer that I, I mean, every actor had their moment to shine, but I think whenever Downey was on the screen. He was shining like a. He was shining like the sun. I mean, he actually in the last fifteen minutes of the movie, he actually ate Killian Murphy as well. He went up the ladder and he was like on uh, on some other level of acting that he showed in the last fifteen minutes of, of that movie. So, and it was for years I've been telling my friends or fellow critics or fellow movie lovers that I just want to see Downey taking up. a dramatic role yes iron man was was uh, did turn into a dramatic role when it uh, 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 in the years to come and it uh, like in the avengers age of ultron and everything but it had some kind of goofiness in it but oppenheimer was just pure drama pure seriousness he had to show his other side of 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 his acting skills and i was so happy when i i i i saw robert downey robert downey junior's name in that in that cast and i was like okay now i think i'm going to see a performance from him that i have been longing for years and when he when the movie came out i was like yes i wanted to see this performance from downey junior and he just completely nailed it so yes in these names i think downey junior is my favorite as of now but yes just like jack you said i think in this entire lineup the only man that who can beat him is ryan gosling because he was so wonderful in that movie so colorful so vibrant that you just wanted to hang out with him i mean you just like okay come on just just let go out for a walk and just talk so he was so amazing in this movie and i think when we are talking about snub i think another name that i should have uh, that should have been here was willem dafoe willem dafoe was really amazing in poor things and i think that i know that you know they nominated uh, mark ruffalo who was really great but i think willem dafoe could have been here as well yeah no that's that's actually a good point uh, obviously willem dafoe in poor things uh, it's a very it's a very soulful turn like you, you can see like it, it's a one that's definitely covered in uh, all that makeup and stuff, all that scarring but he he's very good at just uh, letting you see the human underneath it like he's a very very tragic kind of uh thing you find out all this stuff that happened to him across his childhood and being experimented on and all that and he he he's very sympathetic in that regard and you, you really do feel this uh kind of uh so, this re- deeply human soul underneath all of that uh, monstrous makeup and and I mean that in a good way when then Then you have Mark Ruffalo, who, like Ryan Gosling, it is very, very uh, lively and campy, and very. Um, it, it's a very different kind of performance that I think Mark Ruffalo usually tends to give. You know, when you think of Mark Ruffalo, you know, in terms of like Foxcatcher or Spotlight or even The Kids Are All Right, they're very, um, they're very, they're very more much more natural performances. Whereas with Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things, there's a very You can tell that he's been directed to be really kind of. Um, it's like a he's a, 
he acts like he's in a carry on movie half the time, which um, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the carry on movies, Austin, but there was a whole series of uh, films on like the 60s, a very, uh, very um, nod and a wink kind of humor, very um, uh, that, that kind of similar stuff that like Mark Ruffalo's got going on here. But he is, again, like Ryan Gosling, he is very funny in the movie. He has some amazing line deliveries, like. Um, uh a scene in particular um i won't spoil it but it, it's a scene in paris and his use of particular swear is uh particularly inspired so i, I mean I, I think in terms of performances yeah willem dafoe it, it certainly gave the more grounded and more um uh, layered performance but i think ruffalo was such a joy to watch in that film so i'm glad he's at least up for that uh but yeah, even even so, I don't think he's going to take it. It's definitely Downey's to lose at this point. I think uh, Ryan Gosling will be a very very close second, but I would like to be surprised. So yeah, I think that's. I think I think we're all comfortable with our that as our prediction for supporting actor, but lead actor. I know uh, we said it was hard to choose between Murphy and Giamatti. Um, I don't know honestly. This one this one's kind of hard to predict. I am just going to. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna flip a coin and say I think they're gonna go for Killian Murphy only because it's the more traditional Oscar performance. I think it's the one that certainly has a lot more um, um, uh, love and passion behind it. Uh, not that Giamatti doesn't, but that I think either one of them would be worthy. But I, I would say I think it's uh, Killian Murphy for me. Uh, what about you guys? If you had to choose one, and I know it's difficult. I mean. You're right. He, Murphy is getting the momentum now um, after the CCA one. Um, so I'd say him as well. Um, yeah, that's that. That's what I'd say. And um, Ayush, on your um, snub of Defoe, I, if I was going to give Defoe anything for uh, act, any acting award, uh, I'd give it to him for Inside, um, which came out early last year. Mm. Go check it out on Peacock or Prime Video or wherever it's streaming. Uh, I don't know where it's uh, showing in the UK, but uh, that's where you can find it in the US. Um, and how about you, Ayush? How, uh, if you had to choose between Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti, which one do you think you'd go for? I think I'd go for uh, Killian Murphy because the kind of performance that uh, he gave and the kind of, I think the responsibility that he had to portray this character to the to the audience because for a lot of people, he is the villain because he created such a thing that, you know, that has destroyed the world and that if you like two countries are going uh, going up against each other, they just say that, you know, we, we are going to use this bomb and everything is going to be finished. But so that's why to portray that character, to bring out the humanity in that character that we, that we as a viewer, we sympathize, we start to sympathize with with this man, I think Jim uh, the, uh, Murphy did it very well. And also, one thing that I've seen over the years that the Academy goes to pick a winner from the from for a movie uh, that is more into this drama genre. I mean, they have left out musicals, they have left out comedy movies, and they have given uh, this award to the people who have who are more uh, into this uh, drama genre. I think uh, just like we saw. Uh, during Dallas Buyers Club and the Wolf of Wall Street. Everyone was uh, thinking that uh, 
Leonardo DiCaprio should have won. But in the end, uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey won. Won. So I think this is is also one of the reasons that I think Murphy uh would win this award. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. I think it definitely uh, ties in with the fact that it's very likely to win uh, the, the bigger prizes, picture and director. So I think they, um, a nod for Murphy would be the most appropriate. But, you know, if they decide to go for Giamatti, it wouldn't wouldn't be uh, the wrong choice either. So, But I think for now, I think we're going to just predict uh, Killian Murphy as winning Best Actor for Oppenheimer. So uh, moving on now to the other uh, two categories for acting, we have for actress in a leading role, the nominees are Annette Benning, Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hula, Anatomy of a Fall, Kerry Mulligan, Maestro, and Emma Stone, Poor Things. Meanwhile, for the supporting role actress, we have Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, America Ferreira, Barbie, Jodie Foster, Nyad, and Devine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. So let's talk about lead, first of all. Um, I think the the big surprise of this one, obviously, uh, Annette Benning getting in for Nyad. Uh, same for Jodie Foster, too, in supporting. Um, I know this has been a lot of uh, a source for a lot of division, especially because of the fact that Margot Robbie um, was uh, not nominated in place of uh, Annette Benning. How are we feeling about uh, these five particular performances in the leading category? I know there's a lot of stuff to say, to say about Annette Benning, but um, let's, yeah, Austin, how do you, what do you make of these five women? Yeah, Nyad shouldn't have been nominated at all in any category. Like, I even even I watched the trailer and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that if you take away Annette Benning from this category, it's good. Just replace her with Margot Robbie or Greta Lee, um, and then then you have a solid category. Um, I just don't get the Nyad nomination at all. <laughs> I really don't. And how about you, Ayash? Are you on the same boat as uh, as her, ironically with Nyad? I, I just, no, sorry, just let me ask that again. Are you um are you on the same boat, quite ironically, with Nyad? I think Nyad was good, not like great anything or uh, uh, something extraordinary, but uh, Annette Benning was good. But I would have given my entire life to nominate Greta uh, Lee in this uh, in this uh, uh, category because I mean she was phenomenal in this uh, in that movie and she should have been recognized for her work and I think when we talk about this entire uh, category the snub everyone is talking about by Margot Robbie is not nominated it is a very subjective kind of criticism or subjective uh, uh, kind of debate that we are having. You are just pushing one name into this uh, whole debate just because the movie uh, had uh, a title or theme uh, belonging to something really personal to you. But that doesn't mean that you can just base the entire debate uh, to this one nomination. Uh, I, I, I believe I would have loved to see Greta Lee in this. Uh, uh, I would have loved to see... Uh, uh, the the act the actor in the leading role in the film Origin I am forgetting her name she uh, was so on, wonderful. Uh, Anjanu Ellis Taylor. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I would have loved to see her because her performance was really powerful. So I think the 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 kind of debate that we are having in this category is pretty subjective. And people should not just name one actress and you know why she was not nominated and then write a 2500 word piece that you know why she was not nominated and just talk about one actor. I think uh, for me, Greta Lee should have been uh, in this um, list uh, uh, and we could have left out Annette Benning actually. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I am I feel like I'm one of the only people online who, one, saw Nyad and two, actually kind of liked it. I, I do think Annette, both Annette Benning and Jodie Foster are genuinely quite good in the movie. I, I, I like the overall structure of it. I like the... Um, like the performances they give. I mean, would I personally put them on my ballot? Probably not, but I'm I at least I at least appreciate that they still went out there and gave good performances. What I thought was a, actually a pretty decent uh, biopic. But in, you're right in terms of, you know, um the qu big quote unquote snub, everyone is just up in arms about the fact that yeah, Margot Robbie missed and Honestly, it's not, it isn't that surprising again, because I mean, ironically, in a film called Barbie, Barbie is perhaps the, the least uh, developed character, which is by design because the whole film is about her getting an arc. You know, she starts out being perfect and then uh, she goes on this journey and realizes actually she does have more to offer than just being stereotypical Barbie. And Margot Robbie is great in the film, but uh, I personally would not have necessarily put her in that category, only because I do think Greta Lee did give a much better performance. It's much more nuanced, it's much more emotionally complex, and I really did feel that um, Greta Lee absolutely just, just puts her all into it. And it's not a showy performance either. I feel like Margot Robbie, as great as she is in Barbie, I felt it was more... It's more more capital a acting than it is like actually giving a proper nuanced performance and and again to reiterate i do think she is great in the movie i think in terms of overall performance yeah i i agree with you guys greta lee uh was perhaps more deserving of that particular of that particular prize and or more of that particular slot um, uh, but uh, that's that's just me. I know a lot of people are up in arms about Margot Robbie, and but again, she she is still nominated. She's one of the producers up for Best Picture, so it's not like she or Greta Gerwig, for that matter, are going away empty-handed. So, I think people are overlooking that. It's just like, oh, she she, we, she wasn't nominated in the category we wanted her to be, and not the one that you know um, actually put in a lot more effort and a lot more well, not. Well, not I'm saying that Margot Robbie didn't put any effort into Barbie because of course she did, but um, I think as a from a producing standpoint, I think she had the much more difficult task of actually convincing people with um, all her other producers, Tom Ackley, David Heyman, all those uh, to actually make put this vision out there uh, into the world, make it a mainstream release, and it worked out great. It grossed over a billion dollars at the box office. It's it's become a literal cultural phenomenon the same way that Ghostbusters did all those years ago, and it's I think yeah her her nomination as a her nomination as a producer on this film makes more sense to me than a best actress nomination because uh, that's the real um, that's that's where Margot Robbie really shone in my opinion, uh, but yeah I'd say Greta Lee's the big uh, uh, snub here too, but in terms of who we did get. Um, 
I know we're all uh, kind of not too keen on Annette being Annette Benning being here, but I think it's it only just goes to show that the real um, real standout in this category is and always has been Lily Gladstone. Now, I think Lily Gladstone is interesting because obviously everyone just assumed she was going to go in for supporting and uh, that's how it was. And then uh, it turned out she was going to go for lead instead. And after last year with Michelle Williams going from supporting to acting, we figured like, oh, is this going to be a um, big, 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 big mistake or is this actually going to? Uh, turned into something. Turns out it's it's turned into something. She has become pretty much the film's best chance of winning something. And honestly, it's it, it's great that the fact that she is the first Indigenous American actor to be nominated in a lead role is quite astounding. And it, beyond the fact that Lily Gladstone gives a a really genuinely fantastic performance in Killers of the Flower Moon, I think that it's. It, I think it would be foolish for her not to win at this stage, you know, because it is such a momentous nomination and uh, she, she does genuinely give her one of the year's best performances. I'd say her only real competition is Emma Stone, but I see the thing putting her, I, I'd say the thing preventing her from that happening is the fact that Emma Stone has won before she won for La La Land. So so unless uh, she pulls off like a, a Sean Penn and uh, takes her over um, the presumed front runner, I think this is Lily Gladstone's to lose. Uh, what what do you guys think? Yeah, so I I do I I agree. Uh, this is Lily Gladstone's to lose, as we've been saying uh, about the acting categories. Um, I don't really see any upsets here. Um, yeah, I just I really don't. Um, I didn't like Killers of the Flower Moon as much as everyone has, um, but I thought she was probably the best part of it for me. So I don't see a reality in which... Um, now, granted, I haven't seen Board of Things, but um, I don't see a reality in which Emma Stone walks away with this or anyone else. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. And uh, same with you, Ayush? Oh, yes, yes. Lily Gladstone, I think it it, it is uh, her awards to lose. I think she, she did a phenomenal job in this movie and you know to come out as uh as the as the most uh, i think uh, uh coming out as a character who was uh more into the movie than uh the all the other actors i think uh lily gladstone did a wonderful job in uh uh in uh in coming forward with Molly's pain. And if you guys have read the book, I think uh, when I was reading the book, I was reading about uh, Molly's character. I was reading about the story. And I just wanted to see when I was reading the book, I just wanted to say if Lily Gladstone would be able to capture the essence of Molly and, uh, her, uh, uh, and her internal battles. And I think Gladstone did a phenomenal job in showing that uh, on the screen and she deserves this. She deserves all the praise, praises and she deserves this award. And I think just like you guys said, it is her awards to lose and the only actor, female actor who can stop her in this category is uh, probably uh, Emma Stone, which is equally phenomenal in uh, Poor Things. But yes, this year, I think uh, this award belongs to Lily Gladstone. Yeah, so I think we're all in agreement. It's uh, Lily Gladstone is our pick for lead actor. And uh, as for actress in a supporting role, uh, I think it's uh, going to be a pretty unanimous decision on this point as well, because um, 
the this the the the, the predicted front runner of this has been honestly dominating the awards uh or the awards field ever since it began. I think yeah, it's got to be Divine Joy Randolph for the holdovers. Um, uh, yeah, no no offense to all the others, you know, Emily Blunt, Daniel Brooks, America Ferrera, and Jodie Foster, but yeah, I I, I like with Lady Gladstone. I don't think there's a universe in which it isn't Divine Joy Randolph. Uh, I think who I think is excellent in uh, the film. She uh, she delivers some of the most film's most tender moments. Um, in in a film that is already so great with characters, I think hers really stands out as being like the the grounded soul that kind of puts these two uh, uh, other lost souls in in kind of check while also dealing with her own issues but it's not um not showy about it it's not um like look at me i'm acting kind of thing it's a very very powerful and down to earth performance that randolph gives and i'm so happy that she's um more or less got it etched on the award at this point because it, it's such a deserved beautifully portrayed supporting performance uh what are you guys are you guys in for randolph as well Normally I would, even though I um just rewatched Holdovers and I agree with everything you just said. Um, even more so the second time, I think. Mm. Um, I do think there is a chance because America Ferrera was nominated mm. here. I I think she she comes away with it actually. Really? Because, oh wow! And I know a lot of people online have been talking about her Oscar clip being the uh, speech she makes towards the end <laughs> of the movie. Uh, and I agree. I think that's going to be the one where, uh, you know, you talk about names being etched. I think her name was etched into the Oscar statuette as soon as uh, that clip uh, hit 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 the theaters, or as soon as Barbie hit theaters. Well, that's interesting because obviously, uh, I think a lot of people feel that the nomination comes from that delivery of that monologue, which, which is a great monologue, by the way, and it's. I'm so glad that it's course on with so many people and America's performance in that is is quite astounding it's just perfectly nuanced it's very Greta Gerwig and I mean that in a very good way you can tell that it's it's Greta Gerwig but it's stole through America's voice and it's just so much more powerful um I I hadn't thought of that I never would have thought of maybe her as a potential uh upset because there is so much industry support behind her, especially after I think she won the special award at the Critics' Choice Awards, and I think that might have even pushed her over the edge for the nomination here. I don't know. I mean, I uh, maybe America, but uh, I I would have said maybe the one to look out for is honestly Danielle Brooks in in the color purple because I think yeah maybe okay I don't think she'll win, but uh, I think. The performance is is such a powerhouse. It really is. She really is a force of nature in that film, and I'm really glad that she's like. Even if she's the only nominee for that film, I'm glad it, if there's anyone going to be nominated. I'm glad it's Danielle Brooks because she all but walks away with that film. I mean, my God, it's there's the performance and a half. But no, I I I'm going to stick with uh, Randolph as the the one to be. I think. Yeah, interesting. I never would have considered America Ferrera as the potential upset, but you know, you're right. Yeah, there is that drive behind her, especially after that monologue. Um, so that's that's an interesting one to look out for. Um, what about what do you think, Ayush? I think uh, uh, I mean, uh, 
I am going to go with Randolph. I think Randolph deserves it. The, the kind of uh, the uh, I think uh, when the movie uh, I think the the entire mood changes when Devine uh, performs that scene in the kitchen. That the entire scene that happens and you know how how she manages to uh, come out with her feelings like. I mean, the, the moment, I think the way that she says, don't touch me was even, I mean, I just, it just broke me that, okay, the, the, the way she said it and the entire scene, how it played out, how Randall just uh, completely uh, uh, took the situation in her whole hand and said, I'm going to kill this scene. And she actually did it. And the, for the entire movie, she just did that. And I think that's why Randall uh, is my choice. And uh, when, when it comes to America Ferreira, I think she was brilliant in Barbie. But I think, uh, just like you guys said, I think that monologue changed everything. If that performance was great, I think for people, it, it, it certainly went to extraordinary for just because of that one monologue. And I think Austin is right. She could be the dark horse in this category and just uh, go away with this award. Let's see what happens. It, I think uh, before... Uh, uh, these these Oscar we have to keep an eye on what happens at SAG. Um, uh, in the, uh, I think that would be very important to see the acting winners, because if uh, if Murphy or uh, or Lily uh, Gladstone win this, I think Murphy and Gladstone will be the favorites. But if Giomatti and any other actress takes the award, then it will be a very dif a difficult uh, competition. Very 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 tough competition between the actors yeah no i think uh screen actors guild is definitely one to look out for and uh i would say bafta as well but lily gladstone's not up, not up for bafta which is quite a shock um but so i think that one that that particular one is emma stone's to lose but um in overall i do think that uh lily gladstone will be the um winner of that and uh, just just going back to Randolph for a second and uh, what you were mentioning about the kitchen scene, just her letting all of that, uh, that out. And the same way that, you know, Ameri the America Ferrera monologue really touched a lot of people. It, that something about that particular scene in general, um, it really has stuck with me, especially because, um, you know, I, I, I re we recently had you know, our family dog, unfortunately, um, put down and, you know, it was a... Yeah, family dog of 13 years and he was I, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation um but it's it's not a happy experience but I my mind when I was just let I was letting out quite a lot of emotion in that moment and my mind just kept going back to how Randolph was kind of expressing herself in that kitchen scene it, it's a very powerful a quite heart-wrenching moment where she just realizes that you know the people in her life are just gone and it's and it sounds sounds weird to compare that with you know talking about a family dog, but it's um you know it, it's not easy losing a loved one, and I think Randolph really captured that so well. And I, honestly, I think just for that moment alone, I think she's going to be the one to take it home. So I'm predicting Randolph. I'm guessing you guys are as well. With America Ferrera just very very not that far behind. And moving on now to our final uh, categories for this episode, we're going to look at the screenplay categories. So original screenplay, where the nominees are Anatomy of a Fall, written by Justine Trier and Arthur Harari. Then there's The Holdovers, written by David Hemmingson. Maestro, by Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer. 
May, December, Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic, a mechanic and Alex Mechanic and Past Live, Celine's song. Original screenplay. So um, let's talk about that one first. Um, you know, obviously it's interesting because again, Barbie was supposed to have been here, but then it got de uh, designated adapted instead. We'll talk about that in a bit, but that's obviously left a huge uh, gap in um, in this particular category. And uh, honestly, I think the ones to really kind of pay attention to are the holdovers and past lives. Now, if there is a category that I think past lives should be uh, recognized in, I think it could be this, because if we remember from last year, uh, Women Talking also got two nominations for picture and screenplay, and it, and it ended up winning screenplay. So I think that there's a very good chance that could repeat here as well, but in the original category. Otherwise, I think um, David Hemmingson has a very strong chance of, of taking it home for the holdovers. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's a race between past lives and the holdovers at this point for original? Uh, yeah, I actually think... Um... It might it might even be a three way race, with um, American fiction being like the dark dark horse. Oh, that's um, uh, that's adapted screenplay. Oh, that's adapted. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at my at my predictions for the nominations, so I got confused. <laughs> that's um, cool. But yeah, I so yeah, I think it's a two horse race in that in that sense. Um, but yeah, I I think I think past lives is probably gonna walk away with it just because I think that's the only real um I, I mean just like you said I think it's gonna be the one where you know you're not nominated in acting you're not nominated the only other one you're nominated in is best picture and as much as I love past lives it's not winning best picture um but I I, I think it has a real chance here um but I do think it goes to the holdovers just because of how it's written so. mm -hmm. although I, I would say as well um uh, just thinking about it uh i guess i don't know if you agree with me on this one but one another one to look out for is definitely a spoiler uh, anatomy of a fall because um it, it's already picked up the golden globe for screenplay and it's also you know up for all the other oscars you know best picture director actress all that so um, if there is one, I don't think it has much of a chance in those ones, but if there is one that it has a very good chance in, it could be screenplay. I mean, uh, what do you think about that, Ayush? Uh, yeah, I think it's a three-way race. I think, uh, yes, the holdovers, the uh, past lives, uh, both these movies have really good screenplays, but I think Anatomy of a Fall could be a dark horse in this because uh, I think uh, uh, because... Uh, it has uh, a nomination in the Best Picture. It has already won uh, at the Golden Globe. So it is picking up a, a, a kind of momentum at the right time because winning Golden Globe and then uh, going on to uh, be nominated in this category at the Oscars, I think Anatomy of a Fall has a very good chance to be uh, the winner in this uh, category. But I'm still going with, as of now, I'm still going, I, I would like to go with past lives. I don't know, I, I just feel that the kind of, uh, uh, the way that the story has been shown on the screen and, and the, 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 the way that is, it has been written, I believe past lives is pretty close. I mean, as a as, as something, someone who loves such stories, I think past lives for me 
should be the winner in this category. But uh, Sly Austin said that it is very hard to choose from the holdovers and past lives. But I would go with past lives. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely um, it's certainly likely it's certainly likely that it's going to be uh, past lives. But I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it against the holdovers or even Anatomy of a Fall if it if either of the one of those took those as well. I think Maestro and May December they're they're just happy to be there. But um, um, uh, yeah, I, I I would say the momentum might be with past lives only because again it's the only other nomination for that film and. As we saw last year with women talking, that might just be all it needs. And it's not like the holdovers is going to go empty-handed anyway, because it's probably going to win for um, Divine Joy Randolph at the very least. So, uh, yeah, I would say that this this might be um, Celine Song's chance to score herself an Oscar for a debut feature, which, again, would be fantastic. So I'm going to say this is probably past lives for original screenplay. Uh, I'm sure you guys agree as well. And then finally, we have Adapted Screenplay. The nominees for this one are American Fiction for Cord Jefferson, Barbie, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, Four Things, Tony McNamara, and The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazer. Now, the thing about this one, before I put it over to you guys, I think it's very, very telling that Killers of the Flower Moon is not on this list. It's... um. It's actually quite. I was actually quite shocked by this one, or uh, when the nominations were announced, because you know you'd think you know because it was the Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese wrote the script, and obviously it's based on this massive like nonfiction uh, book. You'd think it would be at least uh, part of that a screenplay conversation, but no, it's actually um, quite it's quite a shock that it's been snubbed, and it's also probably telling that it's it's likely likeliness of getting an Oscar outside of probably Lily Gladstone are very very minuscule but um the ones we do have here um you know what i'm just gonna go out and say it i think this is gonna be barbie and that's and i say that because it's um of these five screenplays it's probably the most uh ironically an adapted screenplay the most original and i would also say you know because it's because of the outcry, as it were, for Greta Gerwig not getting in for Best Director, this is probably the best chance she's going to have of actually getting something on Oscar night. So I would say that this is Barbie's to beat, but I think uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out other ones. Like, I would... I would yeah, sorry, start, start, spray that again. I would not rule out Oppenheimer, because, you know, that, that particular screenplay, again, full of... Uh, a lot of people talking in rooms, but it's the dialogue is just fantastic. And I would also uh, put as a dark horse American fiction because, and I think uh, Cord Jefferson, who it makes again makes his debut here, he's really created this very smart and very thoughtful satire that's also in one way, in some ways a human drama, and it balances those two tones so well. And I think Cord Jefferson is a very very bright talent and. I don't know if he'll actually make it this time, uh, but you know, f f to be nominated for something like this with his debut feature, obviously he's written for stuff like Master of None and Watchmen in the past TV stuff, but coming in with his fe first feature and having it be this uh, is something that I think the Academy is going to take notice of, but I think that this is, and it should honestly go to Barbie. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think this is Greta Gerwig's uh, uh, to lose, or do you think something else could take it? 
put plainly, no, it is not Greta Gerwig's uh, Oscar. Uh, um, because like you said, even though it's adapted, I think it is the most original. Um, so I know a lot of Oscar voters are sensitive to category fraud. Um, I be, because I think, and, and let's go back in time to last year when Glass Onion moved from original to adapted. Um, and I think that's what really started this. And the only reason why Barbie is even ad adapted to uh, begin with, because, well, it's technically based on the doll. Um, and so I think for that reason, I think Oppenheimer um, is uh, winning it. Um, but it's interesting you say that you're shocked by Killers of the Flower Moon being snubbed because I'm actually more uh, uh, surprised that Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret isn't Ooh. in here. Oh, yeah, that one was really good. Um, uh Lionsgate was campaigning really hard for that movie uh, to the point where um, Rachel McAdams was even kind of slyly um, uh, promoting it, I think. Um, but but not in the way as to not anger the Oscar voters, uh, like what happened with uh, to Leslie. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is Oppenheimer, um, cut and dried. Um, I do think American Fiction has a chance, um, because it's gotten nominated at other uh, categories, uh, at, at other award shows. I mean, um, but other than that, I think this is Oppenheimer. I mean, it's based off the book which everyone loved, um, American Prometheus. Uh, I think there's a longer version of that title, but uh, I can't remember the full title. Mm. Um, and that's what this is based off of. Uh, I think Oppenheimer takes it, but I'm really upset that Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret is in, in this category with how many, um, you know, you talk about Killers of the Flower Moon having this legacy of, of, of the book, but or either God, it's me. Margaret arguably has the better legacy because that entire first trailer, if you think back to it, was like, "Hey, do you remember the book that came out in what the '60s and '70s?" Um, that was the entire uh, selling slogan for the first trailer. In fact, I think it was even the slogan or something like that. Yeah, no, I think um yeah, that that's a that's a good point. Yeah, are you there God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of my favorite films of last year. And you know, the the fact that it is, you know, based on such a such a loved book, you know, by Judy Bloom. Yeah, I, I am a little surprised that it's not uh, caught on as much this year. But um again, I think that's a testament to just how many great films there were over the last twelve months that something that even like something like uh, are you there? God, it's me. Margaret is considered a snob. Yeah, that's honestly quite impressive. But um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. You're going Oppenheimer for screenplay. I, I, I again, I would not uh, be too upset if it did end up winning because I do think the dialogue and the way it's structured is quite incredible. But I, you know, I'm I'm sticking to my gut with Barbie on this one. Uh, Ayush, are you gonna? Are you team Barbie or team Oppenheimer on this one? I'm always team Oppenheimer. In every oh. in every sense, I'm always team Oppenheimer. I'm so outnumbered. I'm, Oppen I'm outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm team Oppenheimer, but I think this is one category. If Barbie wins, I wouldn't be too angry or too frustrated or too sad about it. Okay, because uh, I think uh, Barbie 
I didn't like the movie as much as others would have liked it. But yes, I would say that the story and the screenplay was really, really strong and powerful. And the way that it turned into a story about like womanhood and everything else, it was pretty, uh, it was showed pretty fantastically on the screen. So yeah, I think, although I think I believe that Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer would win it, I would want Oppenheimer to win this award, but I wouldn't be uh, sad to see Barbie winning this. So I think I will be very happy if Barbie wins it. But I'm team Oppenheimer on this one. And as you said, I think Are You There got um, It's Me, Margaret should have been nominated. Not just for this. I think Rachel McAdams also deserved a kind of nomination. I mean, I, I, I loved her performance. And I mean, if I was an uh, Academy voter, I would have campaigned it. I would have campaigned uh, for it because it was such a beautiful film. So beautifully portrayed on the screen so yeah i think it 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 feels like a snub for me as well so i think this is the one category i think we're all in we're not all unanimous on so two for oppenheimer one for barbie so i think that's our predictions at the moment and i think honestly it's a pretty great place to end this because i know there's a lot more lot more categories to cover but there's only so many time that we all have to talk about them but i am yeah, I think I think that's a good place to bring this particular feature presentation episode to a close. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this. I'm really, really um, grateful that you were able to take the time to talk about all these um, wild and crazy Oscar nominations. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of places that uh, people can check you out. Uh, Austin, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, you can find me at austinb.media. Uh, patreon.com slash Austin B Media. Um, everywhere on socials as at Austin B Media. Um, I, I, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Uh, so um, I'm mainly on threads. So at Austin B Media, everywhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, check out the podcast, by the way, for Holdovers and Barbie. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what about you, Ayash? Where can people find you online? Uh, so guys, you can find me on Twitter uh, with the handle at journoiu and uh, on Instagram, you can find me on at journalist WFH. And if you want to know what me what WFH means, it means journalist working from home. Yeah. So yeah, so that is the uh, full form. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, my entire feed is full of movies and talking about it. So you guys can follow me and follow Jack also. Jack. Jack, this guy, <laughs> this guy. <else. laughs> oh well, thank you very much, guys. Um, I will, I'll, I'll put links to all your uh, socials in the uh, episode description, and that, and you can also find Film Feeders' uh, social media handles in there as well. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those good ones. Also, um, yeah, I've got a Patreon page too, uh, Patreon.com/slash/FilmFeeder. Uh, if, if you go there, you can vote on uh, future subjects for uh, other feature presentation episodes in the future, as well as also getting early access to episodes and all that good stuff. And of course, you can find Film Feeder on, at, on our official website at filmfeeder.co.uk. It's my exclusive home to all my written content, and uh, it's the only place where you can just uh, get your weekly appetite for all things film. So... 
With that, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you all uh, have your uh, Oscar ballots ready as well. If you let us know in the comments uh, or even in reviews, wherever you're listening to, or with what you're predicting for the Oscars. And uh, I believe they are being broadcast on the 8th of March on um, ABC in America and on uh, ITV in the UK. Uh, I don't know where they're being broadcast in India. Um, it's on Star Movies. Ah, Sky Movies. Yes, Sky Movies Star in movies, India. Star Movies. Star, Star, Star movies. Oh, I'm, I'm Star. so sorry. Star Movies. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Um, see, for a while, uh, the Oscars were on Sky Cinema over here in the UK, but then they let the contract expire, and that's being on ITV for the first time. So, um, yeah, Star Star Cinema. Is that right? Star movies. Star movies. I am so sorry. I keep forgetting. Star movies in India. All right. So you can check that out. And uh, as as always, guys, I'm Jack Martin, your film chef extraordinaire, ready to whet your appetite for film each and every week. That's all for now. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>